Well, good night. Good to see you. Great to have you with us tonight on FC Local. Back to normal um, after last week's refocus. And I'm so pleased that you're here tonight. I have a word very much in my heart that I believe will just be an encouragement to all of us as we hear what God has to say to our life. Before I do, whilst people are joining us, um, I just want to mention again our Christmas carol service online on Sunday, the 13th of December. We're really looking forward to having a, an evening together. We're going to meet together at 4.30. Both congregations are going to come together. We're going to be um, half an hour. We're going to do some uh, Christmas trivia, um, maybe a quick, quick Christmas quiz. But just coming together um, just to enjoy that moment before we go into the carol service at 5pm. We're encouraging people just to chill out, relax, have some food around them and enjoy our online service this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. So please make sure you um, you are there, but also encourage somebody else to come and join with you or um, to sign in, to set up and be on FC Live to watch it that night at 5pm. But we would love for you to be with us uh, on the Zoom as well. So make sure you're there. We'll send out those details a little bit closer to the time. We are going to open up the Word of God tonight. And as we do, I want you to open up your heart. Your heart is the receiver of all that God does. Um, so tonight, let's just pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, as your Word goes forth. Lord, it is a, a sword. It's a double-edged, two-edged sword. And I pray, Lord, that you will divide soul and spirit, bone and marrow, the thought and intent of our heart tonight. We have hearts that are open wide to all that you want to say to our lives tonight. Holy Spirit, take the message and plant the seed in our heart, we pray in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. So we're going to open up the word. And if you're, if you're taking notes tonight, and I know many of you are, um, the title of my message, message tonight is this, Standing in Awe of Our God. To stand in awe of our God. Um, and to, for, for, I guess for a few moments, I want to redirect our focus. I want, to, I want us to turn our eyes upon Jesus. I want to Turn it, turn it away from the news. Turn it away from the sport. Turn off the, turn off the football from one screen while you're watching this screen. Whatever it is that you need to do, and why not turn your eyes upon Jesus, and allow Him to minister into your heart tonight by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your home, and allow Him to have His way in your heart. There are so many things that are going on in our world right now um, with the lockdowns, with the tier systems, with the COVID that's going on, with the economic pressure, with family pressures, with, with individual families that aren't able to connect. Christmas coming, all the rest of it. But let's put that aside as we press into God tonight. And I've written these words down. I've just been listening to and worshipping the Lord for the last three quarters of an hour. And, and I trust that tonight you will be caused to worship him too the words of that song go turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory 
and grace. O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Saviour and life more abundant and free. His word shall not fail you, he promised. Believe him and all will be well. Then go to, this, to, to a world that is dying. His perfect salvation to tell. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. What a great way to start tonight. Just declaring who Jesus is and what he means to each and every one of us. I guess the thought tonight is this. Have you ever been in a situation? Have you ever happened upon a situation where you were just in total awe? You were totally inspired by what you had seen. You know, that could be a, a beautiful sunset as you were walking along the beach or in the countryside and, and as the sun went down and the red sky or the beauty of what you'd just seen and you stood in awe of our Creator God. Maybe it was a piece of music. Some people uh, are more musically minded rather than what they see and, and you, you heard a piece of music that just took you and you, you heard it and, and it was like the, your, your spirit just lifted from your, your, your body and you, you, you felt like you were worshipping in heaven. I guess many senses, that's how I felt tonight as I worshipped tonight in the presence of God. For others, I guess it, it may be art and, and, and a picture or a painting or, 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 or a sculpture and it just you, you're in awe of what the person has created. I guess for all of us who have been parents, it would be that moment in standing in awe as you hold a newborn baby in your arms and, and you're in awe and wonder of, of his creation and, and what he's, he's done in piecing this, this little child together in the mother's womb and here he or she is in your hands and you stand in awe in worship and honour to God. How about in the wonder of love? You know, even last night after 30 odd years of being married to Jane and we were just, just having this moment of love and care. Going to sleep. And I just shared with her the joy that I experienced, that moment when we started to date, that moment where we started to go out and my life seemed to be all in fragments and pieces. And yet uh, our love brought sense and purpose to the journey of my life. And I just laid in awe and wonder of the beauty of love and how God can piece together two lives whose lives were struggling in their own different ways. But through the beauty of God's creation, he brought us together. And I guess for all of us, is being in awe and wonder of God's immeasurable grace. It is by grace that we have been saved. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound 
that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind. And now I see that amazing grace that we sing and speak about. Are we in awe of those things? Let me share from the scripture tonight a powerful thought and, and a psalm that has just spoken to me into my heart throughout this week. And it's Psalm 33. I'm just going to pick out a few verses, but it's so, so powerful. And right where you are, wherever you may be, you may be, you may be watching this on catch up. You may be sat at home right now. I'm going to ask you to stand in the presence of God in, in awe of the words that I'm about to read to you as an act of faith in your home right now. Why don't you join me and stand as I read the word of God? Psalm 33 verse 6 says, The unfathomable cosmos came into being at the word of the eternal's imagination, a solitary voice in endless darkness. The breath of his mouth whispered the sea of stars into existence. He gathered every drop of every ocean in a jar, securing the ocean depths as his watery treasure. Let all people stand in awe of the eternal. Let every man, woman and child live in wonder of him. For he spoke and all things came into being. A single command of his lips and all creation obeyed and stood its ground. Oh, oh, that we would stand in awe and in wonder of our God tonight. When was the last time that we stopped and, and stood in absolute awe and wonder of God? When have you taken time, maybe this week or, or last week or, or, or over the days or the months, when have you let your mind go and, and just imagine the wonder and you basked in the greatness of our God, the infinite power that he has. The problem is many of us meditate on the mountains that were molehills until they got our full attention. Instead of looking beyond the molehill and seeing the mountain of God and him in heaven and his word at our beck and call. Just standing in awe of God. Maybe the next time there's a clear starry night. How about you just go out into your garden and you look into the heavens like Abraham did when God said, go into, you, you, if you can number the stars, if you can number the sand, that will be your descendants. Maybe we just need to stand in wonder and look at the creation that God's made. The God who flung the stars into space, who spoke the worlds into existence, who created life out of substance that could not be seen. 
He's our Father in heaven. And he called us to pray, our Father, Daddy God. Oh, we can stand in awe and wonder. But actually, he's also called us close and near to his heart. Listen to this, Psalm chapter 8, verse 1. Psalm 8, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic and glorious and excellent is your name in all the earth. You have displayed your splendor above the heavens. The Psalms and the scriptures declare the greatness of our God. But you know what? As we go through life, as we do life, we can so lose perspective of who God is in our life. That psalm keeps going on verse, uh, in, in uh, Psalm 8, verse 3 and 4, it says, When I see and consider the heavens, the work of your fingertips, the moon and the stars which you have established, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you should visit him? Ah, the psalmist is declaring the awesome power and the greatness and the creativity of our God. Let's Let's not lose perspective. In our journey, in our walk, in our day in, day out, moving around and doing life, let's never lose perspective of our great God. Let's stand in awe of him. Let's stand. I stand. I stand in awe of you. Let's do that on a regular basis. Do you know what though? This is what so happens in many of our lives. We grow familiar with things, whether that's familiar with God or familiar with items or familiar with life. Familiarity can rob us of our wonder, of our joy, of our excitement regarding the awesome things that God has done and will do in our life. Have you ever had the feeling that something changed? Something changed. You know, that that could be in this area of wonder when perhaps you went and bought A car, a car of your dreams, a car that you've been saving for a long time. You you buy it. It, You you can't before you buy it. You can't stop thinking about it. You're looking um, for a cheaper version or a newer version or the sport version, whatever it would be. And then you buy the car. Oh, you're excited about it. You clean it often. You, You 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 the last thing you want to do is take items to to the recycling department. You just want to look after your car. But guess what? Over time, things begin to change and familiarity creeps in and it's the car that is now the the workhorse. It gets you from A to B. It gets rid of the rubbish down to the dump. All these things begin to change. Why? Not that the vehicle's changed, But you've become familiar with it. Think about that in your marriage or your relationship right now. Think about your husband 
or wife, before you were married. You know, that excitement about going on a date, that excitement about um, talking to each other, maybe on the phone or seeing and catching up with each other. There was just such an excitement, a, a joy, something to really look forward to. You're getting yourself ready, putting a bit of aftershave on, making yourself look great, putting on your best clothes. There was that excitement. Then there was the getting the married. There was the honeymoon. There was the wedding night. Then there was perhaps the first two years and then familiarity begins to creep in. If we're not careful, we go from this excitement and jubilation and, and wonder of a relationship to the routine and the ruts and the familiarity and the mundane in this relationship taking each other for granted, not valuing and appreciating the different things that we do. And all of a sudden, that which was of great wonder and awe becomes familiar and routine, and the wonder fades away. We need to stir ourselves up, whether that's in our relationship or in the things that God gives us in life. But let's take this a step further concerning our relationship with God. The question is this, do we treat our Christianity with familiarity? I think that's a really important question and every one of us needs to examine our hearts and check our heart of whether we do just that. Do we take our Christianity for granted? Let me just go through uh, four, four or five aspects Consider our great salvation. Do we take our salvation for granted? Have we become so familiar? Do you remember that moment when you first got saved, when you gave your life to Jesus, when you felt like all the rubbish of your life had been washed away by the blood of Jesus and you've been set free and, and, and you felt alive and you felt excited and, 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 and this great salvation was filled with awe and wonder. Do you remember that moment? How about the wonder of redemption? That he who knew no sin became sin for us. That we then would receive the redemption that he gave us and his righteousness in our life. Do we take the cross for granted? Our redemption, the price that it was that he paid for our life? Do we take our spiritual adoption, the fact that he's adopted us into his family, that we were strangers and aliens of the covenant of promise, but he died for us and he adopted us into the spiritual family of God. Do we take that lightly? Have we become so familiar? How about our heirs? We're heirs with the father and joint heirs with the son. Surely, if we meditate on that thought, of being heirs with God the Father and joint heirs with the Son. There's equalship. We've been made righteous. We've been made, we've been justified. We've been brought into this privileged position. We're seated in heavenly places. 
Have we counted that adoption with familiarity? How about the fact of God's amazing grace? That fact that we don't deserve it, we couldn't earn it, we, that we, there's no way we could attain it, and yet he did it all for us. Our salvation isn't based on us doing it's based on what he's already done. But you know what? I want us to turn our eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wand and grace. Listen to this scripture. Because Jesus experienced familiarity. He knew what it was like when people were familiar with him. Listen to this in Mark chapter 6 verse 1 to 6. And it says here, Jesus left there and he came to his hometown in Nazareth. And his disciples followed him. And when it was Sabbath or when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogues. And those who listened were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things, his knowledge and spiritual insight? What is this wisdom, this confident understanding of the scripture that has been given to him? And such miracles as these performed by his hands, they were declaring and the wonder and the awe. But listen to verse 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joas and Judas and Simon? Are, are his sisters not here with us? And they were deeply offended by him. And their disapproval blinded them from the fact that he was anointed by God as the Messiah. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honour, respect, except in his own hometown and among his own relatives and his own household. And he could do no mighty miracle there um, at all because of their unbelief, except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. He wondered at their unbelief and he was going around from village to village. Think with me for a moment. Jesus had gone back to his hometown, the place where he grew up, the place where his mates all grew up. His mates now are now the adults in the town. They're the ones he's preaching to. They're the ones that he's declaring spiritual truth to. These are the people that saw him grow up as a child into manhood, working with his father as a carpenter. They are all familiar with him. They were so familiar that they missed who he truly was. They looked beyond. They looked beyond their or, or their, their, so their short sightedness didn't help them or see beyond what they saw in the flesh. You see, God uses flesh. He uses men and women, ordinary people to do his work. Think about this for a moment. It's all too easy to say, I've known them since they were born, yet miss the anointing of God that rests upon their lives today. It's easy to say, oh, we've been mates for years and allow familiarity to steal God's prophetic voice from speaking into your heart. It's easy to say, 
or to refuse wisdom from someone that you're familiar with, and yet they're carrying the word of the Lord for your future. We need to be cautious that we don't fall into the devil's trap of familiarity when someone is carrying the word of the Lord or has a word for the Lord in your heart. There are times that people can become too familiar with their pastor or their connect group leader or the leader of the team that they oversee. We can become too familiar that it's hard then to receive truth or correction or direction from them because we're just mates in the journey. There's that familiar saying that says familiarity breeds contempt. Or we could carry on and say, or a willful disregard or disrespect for the authority or anointing that rests on another. Family church, let's never get to the place where we're so familiar with our pastor or or a spiritual leader or an elder in the church that we have a willful disregard and disrespect for the authority that they carry and the anointing that they're under. It's so important that we don't allow our natural receiver to get in the way of receiving from God. I wonder how many times we've read a passage from the Bible and then just skipped over it because we're familiar with it. Or you've not attended a particular meeting because you were familiar with what you felt was going to be said at that particular meeting. Or maybe um, you've read the words on the screen to a worship song but you've not worshipped the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why? Because we were familiar with the words and we've not worshipped in spirit and in truth. The danger of familiarity can occur when we lose our desire for fellowship, whether in prayer, whether in the word, or whether together corporately, when we begin to lose our desire for being for having Christ at the center of our lives. I remember making this statement many years ago. Too many Christians are trying to fit Jesus in to a part of their life when we're meant to fit our lifestyle around who Jesus is. He's meant to be at the center of it all. So family church, let's be determined not to allow familiarity into our walk with God or in relationship with his house. Let's be determined not to allow familiarity to affect our relationships with one another or our response to his word. Let's be determined not to allow familiarity to distract us from worshipping in spirit and in truth, but actually our hearts abandoned our hands lifted high and hearts abandoned before God our walk with God should never become a commonplace thing or a run-of-the-mill we need to take personal responsibility to maintain that awe and that wonder of our God
How do we do this? How can we maintain this awe for God? I believe it starts with this. Recognize who he is. He is creator. He's our redeemer. He's our ever living, present, omniscient, God almighty, El Shaddai, El Elyon. You just begin to meditate on who God is. He is our creator. He's our creator God. As we begin to meditate on who he is, he will begin to fill our heart and mind with wonder. I want to read this scripture again. Psalm 33. I'm going to read it from a different translation. Psalm 33, verse 6 to 9. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundary and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord. Let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. One of the reasons we should be in awe of our God is because who he is as our great creator. He made all of creation. He sustains all of creation. And he upholds all creation by the word of his power. When we stop and think, it's absolutely amazing. Because he is daddy God. Listen to this in Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 28, it says, since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe. For our God is holy and a devouring fire. Isn't that awesome? Let me read it again. I got so excited when I read it from this translation. Since we are receiving our rights, we have rights in the kingdom of God. Since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, the kingdoms of this world are being shaken. The Bible says in the last days, everything will be shaken. But this is an unshakable kingdom. We should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart, not the worship you enjoy or the songs that you enjoy, but worship from your heart that he delights in. As we lay our lives down in absolute surrender, maybe there are areas in your life tonight that you need to lay down in absolute surrender as we become filled with awe and wonder for our God. For our God is holy and a devouring fire. Tonight in this moment, you can connect to God. You can connect in a, perhaps a new and a living way, in absolute surrender, filled with awe and wonder for who he is. 
forgetting those things that have gone behind, forgetting the mistakes that you've made. Let us press on in our journey with him. Maybe you just don't feel worthy. I want to encourage you. Maybe pop out to the loo or, or go back into your bedroom and go and look in the mirror. You're not an accident. You didn't come from a monkey. You were created by God in your mother's womb. And he loves you beyond your wildest dreams. God loves you. Oh, how we should be so thankful that we're a part of an unshakable kingdom. Oh, how if we understood how awesome our God, our God is an awesome God. If we knew and understood that, there wouldn't be an issue about our absolute surrender. It's because we've diluted and watered down this the God in who we serve. This world has watered down and it's polluted who God is. But I encourage you, church, as you begin to become pure in mind, in will, in decisions, as you become pure before God, his awe and his wonder will be exploding on the inside of you and you will stand and stand in awe of who he truly is. Oh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Oh, that we would stand in awe and in wonder of who he is. Tonight, Family Church, I just want that to be a word that lands in the good ground of your heart. Don't just be a hearer, but let's be a doer. Go and look in the mirror. Go and take this psalm and begin to declare it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, 29. Declare it over your life. Bow the knee in absolute surrender to him. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he protect you. And may the healing power of God and the quickening of the Holy Spirit move upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless your family, church. We love you. Can't wait to meet up and see you again face to face. Allow the Spirit of God to move mightily in your life. Amen.